Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Uh, well, good to have you here. Uh, we are continuing our series, Fight Club 101. Welcome those of you watching in Duval, Issaquah, Bothell, and online as well. Uh, this is one of those uh, talks that is going to take a little bit of thinking, and I'm going to teach more than uh, preach today as we get into the subject, the battle for respect. And I know sometimes it's hard uh, to think. Uh, early in the morning is usually when I try to go to the gym. I go with a buddy of mine from church, and we go there around 5.30, 5.45. And uh, I don't always have, uh, my brain is not fully functioning at that point. One of the things that I find interesting, there's not too many cars at the gym uh, that early in the morning. Uh, and I have a silver Subaru, and so uh, not too long ago, I went out to get my car. Uh, I opened up the car. I, I think I shared this story maybe even before. I got in the car. I tried to turn the key. It didn't work because it wasn't my car. And uh, I found that, uh, I thought that was sort of weird that that car was there. And I found that my car was just uh, right next, uh, next to it. Well, what I've learned over the past number of months is I don't know who owns that car, but every time he or she goes to the gym, they park their silver Subaru legacy next to my silver Subaru legacy. And it's one of those things where uh, it gets a little bit uh, confusing, uh, and I will admit more than once I've tried to get in the wrong car. There, there's those things that seem a little bit confusing in life for us, and how do we live these out? Uh, someone shared this with me, uh, ponderables, they're called. Uh, and here are some of the, uh, the ponderables. There were hundreds of them. Uh, I thought some of these were pretty interesting. Uh, why is the word abbreviated such a long word? I like that one. Uh, here's another one. Let's just roll through. If Barbie is so popular, why do you have to buy your friends? Uh, why do people read the Bible more when they get older? Are they cramming for finals? <laughs> Why is the guy who invests all your money called a broker? <laughs> uh, why are they called apartments when they're all really stuck together? And my favorite one, if flying is so safe, why do they call the airport a terminal? <laughs> we have these funny little things in life that we try to figure out. And, and one of the things that often we try to figure out in life is how do I maybe gain a, a sense of uh, respect from other people or... Uh, for myself, or how do I give that in a way that's meaningful? That's what we're going to look at today. And in fact, we're going to get right to our very first verse, Romans 12, 9 through 10. It says this, it says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor uh, one another above yourselves. Will you underline honor one another? I believe how uh, how we honor one another, it really reflects on so much in our life. Uh, just imagine our world if uh, spouses honored one another, if parents honored uh, 
their kids and kids honored their parents, if uh, employees em- honored their employee, uh, employers, and so on and so on. The reality is this, is that respect is based in honor. It really is. It's that, that sense of honor. If you look at definitions for the word honor, it means to find something weighty. Uh, and that really is going back in the ancient world uh, that often money was, uh, would be in coins. It would be in gold or, or silver coins. And the greater the weight, the greater the value. And so when we uh, honor someone, uh, we're saying they're of great value. Now, our concepts of honor uh, can vary from person to person and culture to culture. And that's one of the things that I I love about looking at the Scripture is it transcends opinion. It transcends family of origin, maybe what you learned there. It transcends what you've uh, heard from other people, maybe the culture that you grew up in. And it gives us a sense of what honor looks like. And and why is this even important that we look at look at this. Well, one, this is probably uh, about as close as I will get. People ask me all the time, well, what do you think of this campaign? And I'm saying, I think I'm not going to watch TV till after November 4th. That's what I'm thinking at this point. Uh, but when you look at the politics, would, would, you, would you say it's gotten a little bit contentious out there? Yeah. When you look at just how uh, people treat people in society, and, and the Bible really speaks Uh, to these issues. First, it starts with honoring God. It starts there, and then how we treat each other. It says this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serve the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that's really how, how we honor God. We don't have to wonder what it looks like to honor God. We're told right there. And uh, then it, it goes on and it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, as we have been looking at the book of Romans, which is a theology book of the Bible, uh, we get to chapter 12, and it hits this, this concept of honor and respect. And, and it's really interesting. You've heard maybe this verse before that as far as it depends on you, live in harmony with one another. But what we often do is we read that out of context. And the context is that our heart is in the right place and that we honor the people around us. Now, you might say, okay, that's nice. I agree with that. I would vote for that. But really, what, what, what does that mean? Who does this apply to? And the Bible is quite clear uh, where it applies. Uh, And I'm going to go over uh, some of the major ones in Scripture. Scripture tells us, number one, to honor government. Uh, And whenever, you know, I I talk about that, people every once in a while will send me jokes when it comes to, uh, and I have to uh, share about this because we 
we all like to make fun of it a little bit. One person sent me these jokes, democracy is like three wolves and one sheep voting on what to have for supper. And that's how we feel. Uh, one, one, uh, uh, another one, politicians and diapers have one thing in common, they both should be changed regularly. And if you're not part of the solution, you're probably running for president. <laughs> we, we, we make fun, and that's okay. It's okay in our political discourse. But what do we do when the person you didn't vote for in the last election, or maybe in this upcoming one, gets elected to political office? Well, I think we find the context in the Scripture. You think about this. In, in the time in which the New Testament was written, there was an occupying government. It was hostile in every way. Uh, it was not elected by the people. And yet, even in that context, it says this, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. And then there's that little annoying word, everyone. That includes people who uh, we don't like, people who don't vote like us, people who don't believe like us. And then it goes on if, if you're saying, okay, Ben, you know, I, I don't like whoever. Well, it even gets worse than that. He says this in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayer, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all in authority. And I, I don't know about you, uh, if, you're, if you're a follower of Christ, there's some incredible implications uh, in that, is am I praying uh, for people who are in office? I know sometimes you might pray against people who are in office, but if you're, you know, if you say, hey, Ben, I am an old-fashioned lefty, you know, I'm a, a, do you pray for the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Ryan? If you say, I am a rock-solid conservative, do you pray for President Obama? See, the reality is uh, the Scripture doesn't say if people uh, believe and, and if we like the policies. It says that we are to, to pray, and that's one of the ways that we show respect and we show honor. Well, what do you do if you disagree with the government? Here's the great thing in America. Every four years you get to express your opinion. And, uh, and by the way, if you don't express your opinion, then you don't have a, white, a right to complain. And so, uh, because I like to complain, I always vote <laughs> every four years. So that's so significant. Well, what does that mean? That means that we honor. Also, we honor family. Uh, so it starts with uh, the society, government, and then it goes to family. One of my very uh, favorite parenting verses ever is this one. <laughs> it's, honor your father and mother. This is uh, quoted from the Old Testament in Ephesians, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That's uh, for those of you who are parents and you're trying to Say, hey, what part of the Bible should I teach my children first? This is a great one uh, to teach them. I'm praying my daughters may give me a mug with that too, one for them and one for me this year. Uh, well, as we honor family, what does it mean to honor? Part of honoring means to protect. 
The more you value something, the more you protect it. There's a story in the Bible that illustrates this uh, so incredibly uh, with Noah. And the story of Noah, you're like, oh yeah, I know that story about the ark and the animals, and I can never figure how that many animals could fit in an ark, and you know, all of those kind of things. Well, one of the parts of that story that I think is most interesting is after God blesses him, uh, after the flood subsides from the earth, what does he do? He plants a vineyard, and he first thing he does is he uh, plants some grapes, turns it into wine, and then Noah gets drunk to celebrate. And then it says, this is so funny, because this is like, you know, this is like a backwoods barbecue when you read this story. <laughs> is, uh, so here's old Noah. He goes, he plants a field, gets some grapes, makes some wine, gets drunk, takes off all his clothes, and passes out in the cave. <laughs> now, I don't care if you're a Bible reader or not. That is just funny, isn't it? <laughs> and so, so here you have this, you know, this big hairy guy naked <laughs> in, in the cave, and uh, his, his one son, uh, Ham, he, uh, he goes in and he says, ah, gosh, look at, look at dad, and, and he's made such a fool of himself and, and all of that. And the truth is that he was right. He was right on the details, but wrong in what he did. His other sons take uh, another route, and in fact, what they do is uh, they know their father's there, passed out. Like a, he looks like a fool. He really, Noah was foolish and probably one of the lowest moments in his life. And so what they decide to do is they uh, take uh, a blanket and then they go backwards so they won't even uh, see their father in that state in the cave. And they cover up his shame. We say, well, I'm not going to cover up anything. I just, you know, need to... There probably... There was conversation, I'm sure, later. I'm sure there was all sorts of things. We don't get every detail in the Bible. But at that moment, they knew their dad didn't need to know how stupid and foolish he looked. They needed... He needed to know that they would honor him even when he was dishonorable. Here's the truth. You know why the Bible says to honor your mother and father? It's because sometimes mom and dad, you can feel like maybe they're not worthy of that honor. See, honor, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment, has way more to do with how I view God than even how I view that other person. When you think about it, oftentimes we, we say, well, you know, uh, I, I just want to tell them. And we, and we treat people with sort of a lightness because we don't value the people that God has put around us. Every once in a while, you're, you, we'll hear now about a terrorist attack. And I think about, you know, what are the last things that maybe those people said to their family. You know, it's sort of like, hey, if this was my last day. And uh, those are things that cross, cross your mind. I shared, I think a while back, I went to my doctor. Uh, my doctor, uh, super great doctor. She's uh, not a native of this country, but she's an incredibly 
good doctor. And so because English is not her first language, she tends to be incredibly blunt when it comes to prognosis. So when my blood pressure was a little high, I was talking about, you know, I was used to the soft treatment, like, oh, don't use as much salt or that. And I said, will there be a problem? She goes, there won't be a problem. There's usually no symptoms. You just die. <laughs> and then she just moves on to the next thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, can we get a little nuance in there or something like that? What she was saying was absolutely true. And one of the things uh, I'm always thinking about are, is, am I valuing my family in this moment? Do I do it perfectly? No. You know, one of the reasons why is I've done way too many funerals. And people will say all those nice, wonderful, kind, caring things at the funeral. And just to be honest with you, they're dead. They're spending eternity somewhere. It's a good thing to share, but it's not really meaningful to them in that moment. There's a time before that moment. And so that's why God tells us to honor one another. Now, I'm not saying, you know, talk smack at the funeral now because they're not there. <laughs> I am saying it is too late. So... I don't say this to make you feel bad about someone who's not around anymore. I'm saying that to, to, to think about who is around. And are you showing them honor? Parents and grandparents, kids. You know, honor goes both ways as well. And then who else does uh, the Bible say to honor? It says to honor your boss. Now, of course, this is a different culture, and there were servants and masters in that culture, and it can be a little bit confusing because there uh, was an institution of slavery. So I just want to read these two verses so you'll get the context. This is harder to apply for us. It says, all those who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of respect so that God's name in our teaching may not be slandered. And you might say, well, man, I don't like that. I don't think slavery is a good thing. Well, the Apostle Paul who wrote that, he didn't think it was a good thing either. He also wrote this. When you were a slave, you were, when you were a cult, don't let that trouble you. He's saying don't let that affect how you view you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. What it's saying is that, that we show proper respect at work. And then at church. And I don't want to spend a lot of time here because this can seem a little self-serving. But maybe you're, when you, and by the way, you do a great job. Uh, Timberlake Church uh, does a, a great job of honoring leaders. But here's what we read here. It says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you and care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. And so it's saying to respect people, uh, that doesn't mean you follow blindly. If all of a sudden I say, you know, hey, you know what, we're not going to really do the Scripture anymore and not, you know, God so much. Let me just, you know, read to you from, I don't know what I would read. If I did, hopefully God would strike me down at that moment. But the, uh, uh, but as, as someone follows the Lord, and it says to the elders who direct the affairs of the church, they are, are uh, well are worthy of double honor that we give that sense of honor. Well, how do we live this out? 
How, how do we live out? God tells us who to honor. He gives us an example of, of really how that, what that looks like in Romans chapter 12. Well, really, this sense of honor, it always starts with God. Am I honoring God with my life? It says this in Ezra 10, 11, the first part. It says, now honor the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do his will. And we're shown so many ways in the Bible that we are to honor God, that we are to uh, give him his due. It's interesting, one of the ways that it says to honor God, it talks about how we treat uh, the poor. It says this in Proverbs uh, 14, 31. It says, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. And so as, as we look at people who maybe uh, are different than we are, maybe you haven't achieved what you've achieved, God says, one of the ways you honor me is how you treat them. It's because God views all of us, whether we choose to accept Jesus or not, that we're all his children. And so, uh, does that mean it doesn't matter? No. Our, whether we say yes to Jesus or not, that affects uh, our, this life and, and where we're going to be for the next. But it, it's sort of like if you said, I like you, but I don't like your kids. How would that, those would be fighting words for me, you know? Uh, that we honor God when we honor the poor. And then it goes on, uh, it says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of your crops. Saying as we use our resources, that's a way to honor God. Well, as, we, as it comes to people, this, this next one will seem like it's redundant in a sense, but it's really not because I'm not so much now talking about honoring God, although that's always in, in the background or really in the forefront. But as we honor people, we need to, number two, keep Jesus in focus. Now, that means that we understand that each person that we meet, that, that Jesus, when he gave his life on the cross, that was so that each of us could have a, a shot at eternity and redemption and hope. It says in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. How do you determine value? Simply what someone is willing to pay for it. And do you know how how people are most dishonored, sort of when we, we don't view someone as a real human. We just view them as a thing. That can happen in politics. That can happen uh, sometimes when we see homeless people. And, you know, and I'm sure, you, you know, there, there may be reasons, maybe of their own making, maybe all of their own making, they're there. But still, there's this value. It's even when you're driving. Have you noticed... Uh, I, I notice this. Uh, I live on a, on a relatively busy street once you get past my little side street. And that people will go, there'll be a line of cars in the morning and you just can't get in. And people avoid making eye contact with you. Because then if they look at you, you become a human being all of a sudden. 
And so they're, they just, if I, if, if I don't see you as a human, then I don't have to come to terms with the fact of the incredible value. See, that's what honor is. And then the value needs to be communicated. Uh, in our words, either honor or dishonor, uh, we were told, uh, Proverbs 16, uh, 24, it says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You see that, that Jesus did that again and again, that he constantly, uh, he honored people. When you look at Peter, who was his closest follower, and Peter, who was flaky and, and blew it all the time, he's, when Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, he said, on that confession, I will build my church, that you're, that you're, uh, you're solid, you're a rock, Peter. And he was anything but that. What he was communicating was the value. Respect is helping people see their God-given value. And the first person who needs to see that, honestly, is us. A lot of us uh, will dishonor other people because we don't honor ourselves or just because we went through a circumstance, someone treated you as cheap or someone to be used or someone whose opinion didn't matter or who didn't have any value. And just because someone treated you that way, it doesn't mean that it's true. What's true is what God, the value that God has placed on you. See, the value is ascribed by, by what someone's willing to pay for something. You know, you can say my car is worth this, my house is worth this. But the ultimate value is the price that someone is willing to pay. And so when God, he pays the ultimate price that, his, that God the Son gives his life for us, he, he says that that's the value. The value is, is everything, the most that could be paid. What's true of you according to God is that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you're a child of God, that you're a co-heir with Christ, that you're gifted by the Holy Spirit, that you're loved by the Father, that you're redeemed through Jesus, that you're someone with a hope and a future. Well, if we know all that, we can get too big of a head, and so, so we also know that what this means to live this out is we're to humble ourselves. We're told in Proverbs 18, 12, before the downfall, uh, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. And then finally, uh, number five, remember that payback is probable. That when we honor, we tend to receive honor. And that doesn't mean that uh, it always works that way because into that world of payback, the grace can enter. But we do read in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And often we think about that is a reason to honor. I mean, obviously it should start with God, uh, but we think of that in a negative. And sometimes it's not a negative. Sometimes the payback 
is a positive, where we've loved and we've valued and we've honored. And it doesn't just have to be a bunch of regret. It can be that blessing from that investment of our lives.